My name is Steve McCoy. Uh, I'm the lead pastor at the church here. And uh, as you can tell, I've got hit by a wall of pollen or I've got a cold, so I'm elbow bumping this morning just in case. Uh, sorry that I'm spitting on you this morning there in the front row. You'll catch what I have. Uh, our uh, executive pastor also has the bug. Uh, he's got a stomach bug this morning. So, uh, so uh, we'll, uh, we'll think about him and pray for him. Um, uh, we do want to welcome you before we get into our time of the Word of God this morning. We want to welcome you if you've taken the courage to come out to a new place. I think that's always admirable, especially uh, if you've not been here before and we welcome you here. We hope that you find uh, passion and uh, we hope that you find that uh, we are authentically looking for Christ and searching for him and finding him and following him. And so there's a way that you can get connected right away in the seat back pocket in front of you. You will see a card that says connect. If you fill that out and you put it in one of our boxes around the room, uh, we'll get right in touch with you. We'll shoot you an email so you'll have our contact information. We can answer any questions that you might have, but love to, to, to get you in the mix. So uh, make sure you fill that out. We uh, continue our conversation about taking inventory. In fact, we end today this journey that we've been on. And uh, as we have looked into the Word of God, you can, you can kind of see the list there um, on the slide of the things that we have talked about because it is important to, uh, to take inventory. Uh, You might remember that Socrates said that the unexamined life is not worth living. I think that's uh, actually a spiritual truth from the scripture as well, that we are told to search uh, ourselves. We're asked to search God, to have God search uh, our hearts. And as you look at the different means that we've uh, we've taken inventory of, to 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 use the word, there are different ways that we take inventory. The Word of God takes inventory of us. We understand that this is not just a a collection of sayings, a collection of axioms, a collection of history. The Bible says of itself that it is a supernatural uh, phenomenon when we encounter the Word of God, and it has the power to, to examine us and to bring things to surface. We understand that God plays a role in this. When we say, search me, O God, and we ask that the Holy Spirit play a role in uniting with the Word of God and, and the truth and to bring these things to our attention that perhaps we need more of, perhaps we need less of, perhaps we don't need uh, at all, or we don't have anything in those shelves of inventory. But before we close out this collection of these conversations, there is this one element that is important when we're taking inventory. Not only do we need the Word of God, not not only do we need God himself, the Holy Spirit, to take inventory, but we need each other. And God has given to us this this connection, this community to be able to see things that we can't see. Because quoting from uh, a friend and an author, Steve Saccone, he says that each of us has a certain level of underdeveloped self-awareness. And so when you think about that, uh, he, he says these words, in fact, we sometimes don't acknowledge our weaknesses because we don't even realize what they are. So I'm going to do a little exercise with you as we get started. If you, have, uh, if you have someone sitting directly in front of you, 
I want you to get as close to, to their head as possible with your hand, and I want you to hold up a number anywhere between, well, one and five, or, okay? And uh, so go ahead. If you've got somebody in front of you, I want you to hold up a number. Now, don't, you can't look around. Don't cheat. I saw that. Uh, now, yeah, hold up a number right behind their head. Yes. Now, can you tell what number they're, hide, they're holding up? Of course not. Yes. All right. This is life. There are things that we can see, there are things that we can't see. And so we understand that it is important for us to listen up. This is part of the challenge that we have as human beings, is it not to, to listen to others and to have this input? But the Bible tells us that there's great benefit in listening up. In fact, if we look at Proverbs chapter 19 and verse 20, we're told this, these, these sage words, listen to advice and accept instruction. And in the end, you will be wise. But I want to propose to us today that it is not just about us becoming better human beings. I think often I, I, I get concerned at times for the church culture and that it's, it, if we're not careful, it's more of a self-enhancement, a self-improvement uh, movement. That's not what it is at all. Our end goal is always to move the kingdom of God for the glory of God. And we do that collectively. So when you get better and I get better and, and you listen and I listen and we get wiser, then the collective gets wiser. In fact, there are many verses and passages in the scripture that say, hey, if you do this, you'll get wise. But watch this in Proverbs 11, verse 14. We, we find that for the lack of guidance, a nation falls. It's a collective thing. It's not just one president or one senator or one house of representative. It's not one, uh, one mayor. It's not one school teacher. It really is collectively. And as we listen individually, we're also getting better collectively. For the lack of guidance, a nation falls. But many advisors make victory sure. Let's review from the last couple of weeks. The collective in the scripture is the ecclesia. That's the local church. That's the word for local church in the scripture. In other words, our collective as Christ followers is sitting right here in this room. This is our community. This is where it gets real or not. I can't tell if anybody in Uganda gossiped today or not. I have nothing to say to them. I have no advice for them. I can't go over and say, hey, I noticed something. I didn't notice anything. I wasn't there. But this is where the action starts. This is where the traction takes place in all the things that we learn in the New Testament of how to treat one another. That's why when you look at the Old Testament and you think, hey, it's just a bunch of rules. Well, not really. It was really of how to treat people because there was no exit door. They were, they were moving and migrating in the wilderness with nowhere to go, so they had to learn how to treat each other. You know, I kill your horse, you get one of mine. I mean, there were many, many, uh, many rules like that so that everything could be fair and just. So today we're going to nestle in a scripture verse that talks about this very thing, listening and, and speaking. And this is, this is in the context, again, of a local church. So if you take a look at Ephesians chapter 4, today we're just going to hover right in that passage. So if you have your Bible with you, we're not going to be moving and shaking around this morning. You can, you can hover right there, Ephesians 4, verse 11 through 16. If you have a device you want to look at your Bible on, you can do that, and then you can uh, read along with us and make your grocery list at the same time, and no one will ever know. So it's going to be great. <laughs> or you can look at the screen as we go. This is a staple passage. 
What do I mean by that? It's uh, in this, uh, in, in, in a normal house, there are supporting walls and there are non-supporting walls. This is a supporting wall, okay? This is a real, this is a bulk uh, passage in the New Testament. Here's what we find. Talking about the local church. It was Christ who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers. Why? There's a lot of whys in this passage. Why? To prepare God's people for the works of service. Okay, is that the end of it? So that we just, we're out doing nice things, we're doing acts of service? No. Why? So that the body of Christ might be built up. We've seen the importance of listening up. Now we see the importance of building up. That we're, we're, have this, we have this structure where we have people who are speaking into our lives, pastors, teachers, etc., so that we can be prepared to do God's work so that the body, us, a local church across, across the world, local churches, can be built up until we all reach unity in the faith and in the knowledge of the Son of God and become mature. We listen up so that we can be built up and we have to grow up to become mature, attaining to the whole measure of the fullness of Christ. And then he goes on. Then how can we accomplish this? Then, if we do these things, we will no longer be infants tossed back and forth by the waves, blown here and there by every wind of teaching that we hear on the afternoon talk shows, that we see running across the internet waves of, of Facebook and such, but not just winds of teaching, but the cunning and craftiness of men, of convincing us that it's all about us, convincing that's, that, that life is about something that it's not about, in deceitful scheming. And here's our key verse today. Instead, speaking the truth in love, we will in all things grow up into him who is the head, that is Christ. From him, the whole body, joined and held together by every supporting ligament, grows and builds itself up in love as each part does its work. There's a key when we read this passage that we are to be built up, that we are to listen up, that we are to grow up. But what is found there in verse 15 is that we are also to speak up. This is very difficult for the, for the church culture because we have learned to be congenial, have we not? We've learned not to go that last 10%. Perhaps we'll just go 80%, sometimes 90%, but to go that, that full percent. And so I would propose to us this. Here's, here's the key. If we don't listen up, we won't grow up it, because we don't know what number is behind our head. Are they, is it a two? Is it, what are our blind spots? How can we know our blind spots unless we listen up? But how can we listen up unless someone speaks up? And so we, we don't do people favor if we're just congenial all the time. But I do believe that this is difficult unless we get, well, close up. In other words, it takes a certain relationship to be able to have these kinds of conversations. Let's say we've never met. There's, there's plenty of people. I'm looking around the room. We've never met before. We don't know each other well. If I walk up to you and say, i got a blind spot I want to talk to you about, you're going to say, you're a nutcase. You don't even know who I am. You don't know my blind spots. You don't know me well enough. You, don't, we have, you haven't even earned the trust or the respect to say something. 
So today, what I want to nestle in, because I think this is such an important and critical uh, part of our lives, I will say to you that I am a different person because people have had the courage and the humility to speak up in my life. How I raise my boys is different because someone has spoken up. How I treat my wife is different because someone has spoken up. How I do my job, how I preach at times, how I, how I um, run the, run the uh, staff. I mean, uh, just this past week, I went to some of the staff members that I trust, and I said, hey, give me, a, give me some things you think I could work better on. I'm in an organization called C12. Uh, we have once a year our core report. I'm up for my core reports. Part of that is doing some analysis and, and uh, assessment. And so I'm like, hey, I, I want to be better. And so they, they you know, gave me a couple of, uh, a couple of uh, pointers and things that I could do better. And then I fired them, and then I felt better about it. It's, uh, it's pretty awesome. See what happens when you're the boss? Just kidding. So we understand that there's this a great value in saying it and, and speaking up. But here's, a, here's, the, here's the word of caution, shepherding perhaps today. It doesn't make a difference how we speak up. This is the deal. Because you and I know full well, because I see a lot of heads going up and down. Somewhere along the line, you've been burned. Some, somewhere along the line, you did it wrong because I've done it wrong. Boy, I've, I've, I've blown this more than times I can count. And so we're going to look at, I'm going to give you six quick pointers. We're going to do a kind of a quick fire here, and I'm going to play off that word up. We already know that we're listening up, so we can be built up and we can grow up, and that takes to be speak up, all right? So hopefully I won't do too many, or else you will throw up. Okay. (laughs) All right, when you look at verse uh, 15, I brought up a little excerpt, um, and we want to focus on some of these words, speaking the truth in love. Here's the first thing, if you're taking notes. We need to show up. We need to show up. And let me tell you what this means in a digital age. You got something tough to say to somebody? For, the, for heaven's sakes, please don't text it. When we first started 360, uh, you're doing just, you know you're doing the majority of things wrong. Uh, you know, you're starting out, you're just revving the thing up, and, you, you know, you learn by experience. And, man, there was a guy in our church that, I, you know, he'd help uh, kind of pack everything up, and we'd like, hey, uh, have a good week. Great, you have a good week. And by the time I got home, there was a scathing email of everything that I'd done wrong. I'm like, hey, dude, I was just with you. You know, you could have said it. But see, in our digital age, it's a little more safe, is it not? And I tell you, man, I, I'm just being honest with you. I have written some scathing emails in my life. I can craft a scapel like nobody's business. How about you? I mean, I break out the thesaurus. You know, there's a, there's a thesaurus for mean words. I'm like, yeah, that's even better than the mean one I came up with myself. It's why Paul said, speak the truth in love, not text the truth in love, not email the truth in love. Speak the truth. So show up. And I would also say when you show up, carry your message, not someone else's. Carry your message, not someone else's. It gets super confusing when you're carrying someone else's message because then the person's like, hey, let me ask the question. Well, what, you know, were they enraged? Were they just mildly, were they laughing? Were they, you know, you're at a disadvantage. So showing up 
with your own message and important. You remember, perhaps in the in the Bible, uh, it's just a little little uh, passage that that indicated that uh, when Paul came on the scene, he understood grace, and he understood it in such a way that he really hammered into everybody he spoke to that it is not our effort. And there was this massive transition from the Jewish culture in, in welcoming then the Gentile culture, and there became this friction. Because some of the Jewish guys said, okay, okay, I get the grace thing, but I got to hold on to it. I got to hold on to a handful of, of these rules and regulations. And you know how legalism works. They were getting, they were getting some pressure from the, you know, the religious folks, and they had to keep it up. And Peter got caught up in it. It's a, if, if you got time, Galatians 2, you can spend a little time there, but it's when P, Paul says, I really had to show up and talk to Peter about it. Watch this. Let me give you a little excerpt. Galatians chapter 2 and verse 11. When Peter, Paul is speaking, by the way, when Peter came to Antioch, a city, I opposed him to his face, key, because he was clearly in the wrong. <laughs> Paul had a real sense of being right, didn't he? But he said, look, I didn't send somebody else to do it. I didn't write him a letter. This was so important that I came and I showed up. That's the first thing. Here's the second thing. Second thing is to do a checkup. Do do a checkup before you show up. So in verse 15, we go back and we find that speaking the truth in love. In other words, you want to do it authentically. So here's something I see sometimes in, in the body of Christ. We say, hey, I'm a sinner, you're a sinner, so I can't judge you. I really can't say anything of, of, you know, that has any you know, tension to it because I know I got my own fractures, you got your own fractures, and then we're not speaking the truth anymore. And that, then we, we kind of say, um, well, I guess nobody gets to say anything uh, to anybody. But when Jesus was preaching on this, in, on, in the Sermon on the Mount, in Matthew chapter 7, verse 5, he says something that I think clears it up. Watch this. He says, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye and pay no attention to the plank in your own eye? And you think, wow, I guess that means that I got my own planks in my own eyes, so what business do I have of getting the, the speck of sawdust out of your eye? But he's not saying don't speak to each other because the, the Bible would contradict itself. What he's saying is this, that if I'm going to speak to someone, let's say, about uh, over-talking, if I'm an over-talker, that's probably not something I should be talking about. The sawdust and the plank are made of the same material, you see? And so if I have, uh, I got a plank in my eye, I can talk to you about the rock in your eye, because I, I don't have the rock, I've got a plank. So the last thing we want to do is be inauthentic. Then we're not speaking the truth. So there's nothing wrong with me coming alongside and say, hey, I struggle with this too, no problem. But I can't point the finger at you for that, that same thing that I'm doing, acting as if I don't do it myself. Does that make sense? Then it's not truth. Then it's not authentic. Then it's not uh, verified. So before we show up, it would be good to, to do a checkup. Like, hey, is this, a, is this a problem for me? I'm projecting on somebody else? Or is this really an authentic thing. So we're going to show up. We're going to check up. Here's the third one. We're going to catch up. We're going to catch up. Um, speaking the truth, here's the key, in love. You know what love does? Uh, hey, man, I got some questions for you. 
Hey, before we get started, I just want to catch up. Here, here's something I'm thinking. I don't know if I'm right about it, but I, I, I want to ask you before we get going. This is one of my weaker ones. Yeah, because I'm an introvert, to be honest with you, I get a film playing in my head, and, uh, and, and it's all figured out by the time I you know, show up. And there's no catching up. Hey, I've noticed in your life, blah, 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 blah. Rather than, okay, let me just back up a little bit, and let me catch up with you. Hey, I, I've been noticing some things, but I don't know if I'm right. Let me ask, what, what caused you to find the story, to find the narrative? You know what you're showing? You're showing you care about the person. You're showing you love the person. And I don't know if, about you, by the way, but I can receive input from a person that cares enough about me to catch up once in a while. I can receive input, the hardest of input, from someone that has also blessed me so that it doesn't come off as cursing me. How about you? If someone cares enough to say, hey, man, before we get going, how's Carrie doing? How are the boys doing? How are you feeling? Because you don't look good. I'm not just kidding. Uh, <laughs> catching up. In other words, this is the love part. This is the relational part that's so important if we're going to speak the truth. James chapter 1, verse 10. Everyone should be quick to listen. Ask questions. Sl- slow to speak. Just don't jump in. And slow to become angry. So we're going to show up. We're going to check up. We're going to catch up. And now we're going to step up. What do I mean by that? Look in verse 15, speaking the truth in love. And we will in all things grow up into him who is the head. That is Christ. Changing, transformation, growing up takes time. Have you noticed? I just did some analysis on my personality. That's scary. And one of the things that comes out of my personality because I'm such a driver is I'm an impatient uh, waiter of information. Uh, ask my wife, I'm like, say it. What? 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 Finish the sentence. What? What? It goes so well when I go there. Sometimes, because of the culture, culture impacts us and affects us so much. Because we're living in such a quick-paced culture, we said, I said it, how come you didn't change it? That's not the way growing up works. It doesn't work with our kids. It doesn't work with our teenagers. It doesn't work with our colleagues. It doesn't work with our bosses. It doesn't work with ourselves. That it takes time to say, hey, you know what? Let me step up into your life and walk with you into this thing. In fact, we're told in Galatians chapter 6, if someone's caught in a sin, you who are spiritual should restore him gently and gradually. We cannot expect people who are the recipients of our sage wisdom to turn on a dime and change their life just like that. I haven't. How about you? It's important that we come in and we say, hey, let me just not speak this to you, but let me step up and walk with you in this process. Then we can grow together. This is the very, very basis 
of discipleship. This is the difference between gaining knowledge and discipleship. Discipleship says, man, we're going to walk together. We're going to walk through your junk. We're going to walk through my junk. And we're going to walk together and we're going to grow together and we're going to step up in each other's life. So we're going to show up. We're going to check up. We're going to catch up. We're going to step up. And sometimes we're going to hold up. When we read the verse 15 again, we speak the truth in love so that in all things we can grow up into him who is the, who, who is the head that is Christ. For many years, many of you know, I taught piano. Here's the rookie mistake that new piano teachers make. Johnny plays his little piece. He's playing lightning bug song or whatever. And we tell Johnny, you know, you missed the F sharp in the last measure. And uh, you rushed at the end. Your pedal's way over pedaling, and your left hand is way too loud. Hey, let's start it again, Johnny, shall we? Johnny is so overwhelmed because we've given him so many things in one little, little chunk of time that Johnny can't even remember where F sharp is anymore. So there are some times when we're talking to someone, let me talk to those of you that are married. Hey, good news, you have tomorrow too. We don't have to all fix it today. This is one of the cardinal mistakes when I see couples at odds with one another. If there is an issue, a true issue, like, hey, I don't like your spending. Oh, yeah, but you talked to my mother uh, this way two years ago. Okay, wait, we're just talking about this right now. You know how we can suddenly take life inventory when we're in, a, in an argument? Then everything comes out back from childhood. I mean, just, it just comes rolling in. And sometimes if we're going to speak the truth in love, we're like, hey, let's hold up. Let's just talk about a little bit and let's hold up. Sometimes we just, we, we don't have to give everything. In verse 20, uh, Proverbs 25, verse 11, the right word at the right time, huge. The right word at the right time is like a custom-made piece of jewelry, just think about that. Some versions of the Bible will say apple, apples and gold lining, and then you say, what, the, what in the world does that mean? It, it means this custom piece of fine jewelry. Listen, you may go to show up, to speak up, and you may say, I'm going to hold up today because something else happened. I'm going to hold up today because I didn't feel God saying this is the day to open up. There's sometimes in my life where I'm like, man, I want to say this thing, but not today. Not today. Hold up about that. Here's the final one. All right, let's, let's take an inventory. We're going to show up. Before we do, we're going to check up. We're going to catch up, spend some time with the person. We're going to step up if they need help. We're going to hold up in our timing. And here's one that comes from my Southern culture. Finally, sometimes we just need to hush up. That's a nice word for shut up, but I thought you might be offended by that. Let's review Ephesians 4, 11 through 13. It was Christ who gave some to be apostles, some to be prophets, some to be evangelists, some to be pastors and teachers to prepare God's people for works of service. Why? So that the body of Christ may be built up until we all reach, here's the key, unity in the faith and knowledge of the Son of God and become mature attaining to the whole measure of Christ. What am I talking about? 
Some things are gospel truths. That's why Peter, Paul had to go after Peter. You're changing the gospel. We've got to talk about this. Some things, however, are your opinion. Does that mean we can't talk to each other about them? No. But just realize, hey, this is my opinion. This, this is subjective. Steve, I, I, I think you look terrible in checkered shirts. Okay, great. Thank you for telling me. You just happen to not like checkered shirts. Whatever that thing might be that we say we understand, hey, this is my opinion. Maybe I just need to hush up. There are times that we hush up. Ecclesiastes chapter 3 says, hey, there's a time to speak and a time to be silent. Do you know Mozart said the most powerful aspect of all of music? Silence. So when you have Beethoven, dun, 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 that moment right there is powerful. Sometimes silence is powerful. Sometimes silence is required Sometimes speaking the truth in love does not happen because we've spoken what we feel in private with someone else. And God does not stand well for that because he knows that it's destructive for the main cause of being unified for where God wants to take us. It's so easy, we're told, that it's like morsels to the soul when we're gossiping and we're saying things behind each other's back, and I'm, I'll, I'll be the first to confess, sometimes when I've said something like that, there's something inside. It feels good. It's weird. It's our, it's our sinful nature, and it's like in that moment that you, you can feel it. But we understand that there's sometimes in those moments we just need to hush up. It's not the right time. It's not the right place. And there's sometimes for a good friend, we have to look them in the eye and say, hey, hush up. Not right now. That's not, that's not the right time. Let's make sure that we watch our words. Proverbs chapter 21, verse 23, watch your words and hold your tongue. But I thought you just said, hey, speak the truth in love. Well, it's got to be the right time, right place. Hold your tongue and you'll save yourself a lot of grief. So let me give you a, a snapshot. I think that, I don't know about you, but this is so critical. When I think about the relationships I've had in my life that have that have been crushed and the train has gone off the track, so much of it has to do with communication. We're not mind readers. It's something that's been said. It's something that's been said wrong. It's been something that I've heard that's been said, and those things are painful, are they not? And so I think the picture kind of looks like this. You know, there, there are things that happen, and then they get pent up, and then, you know, all those things build up until we get fired up, until finally we're fed up. And then we uh, come on over in our pickup. We get dressed up. <laughs> you can see where this is going. And because we're all lit up, we get close up, and finally we pipe up, well, probably throw up. And it's a setup for a, a real mess up because it ends up in a blow up. And the other person... They're caused to either put their fist up or maybe they even think, maybe we should just give up. So why don't we just back up and look up and do a checkup until we get God's thumbs up to meet up? <laughs> and maybe when we meet up, 
God's telling us to step up or to hold up, to show up, or to hush up, or let's just say it, to shut up. And for heaven's sakes, may God help us to be grown up. That's what I think what the picture is. <laughs> Let me pray with you. Thank you, Father, so much for giving us the ability, this gift to communicate with each other. And yet, it is a dangerous gift. It's such a dangerous uh, capacity that we have to speak. There's not a person in this room that doesn't know what, this, what it means and how it feels to have had a hard intersection. And there's not a, there's not a person in this room that, is, that has got it all right. There's not a person in this room who hasn't blown it in this regard. We've been too quick. We've carried somebody else's message. We gave too much at one time. We had this sage advice but weren't willing to step up and walk with the person we haven't taken the time, perhaps, to listen, to catch up, God. Certainly, there are times in our lives where we should have just hushed up or at least held up, and we went ahead anyway, God. I know I have. And so, Father, your word is, it challenges us, God, not just to be better people, that's not what this is about. It's not living our lives in such a way, God, that we just become nicer, kinder. But God, we're, we're in a community. And community matters. Because if we had a unity of faith and we learned how to communicate and learn how to strengthen and grow up together, with courage and humility to speak the truth in love. The capacity is phenomenal. And our end goal, God, here is to, in a unified spirit, to accomplish things together in solidarity for the kingdom, for your glory, the end, that's it. And so as Christ followers, we have a higher mandate with higher risks and higher goals. So God, we take inventory as we have each week. How is my communication? Is it done in love? Is it done in, in the way that you've instructed us? Is it building up or is it tearing down? Is it making people grow up or does it make them feel like they should just give up? And so God, only your Holy Spirit in such a phenomenal and unique way can, can take inventory and bring to mind the truth that you want us to see today. So we pause, God, just momentarily for you to, to interact with us and allow us to reflect, to take some inventory, God, of how we communicate and 
Are there any intersections? Are there any things that we need to bring to you and do a checkup here, God? Father, each time we gather, we welcome those who are searching for you as we did for, for many years, God, each of us who are Christ followers to find you, to look for you. This whole sense of community and kingdom and doing things for your credit and pointing to you, God, may be new for some. Perhaps there are some today that came to this building not to look for a church to look for you. We're reminded today, God, that you were willing to come into the human race through Jesus Christ so that we could have a relationship with you. He did not come just to be kind. He did not come just to be loving. He came and he brought truth and he spoke it in love. And the truth of the matter is that he did the hardest thing for any human being. He took our blame. Who does that, God? Who does that? He took our shame. He took our guilt and didn't speak a word in rebellion. And you did this, God, because of the love that you have for us so much. God so loved the world that he loved the world so much. You loved the world so much, God, that you gave your only begotten son, that whoever believes will have everlasting life and will not perish. God, I wonder today if there's someone here that would say, God, that's me. I wanna have a relationship with you and I wanna come to you through Christ for the forgiveness of my sins for the restoration of a relationship with you, God. So here I am, God, a sinner broken, just like the rest of the human race. Would you forgive me through Christ and ignite a new life in me? I wanna be part of a community of faith. I wanna have a unity. I wanna have a purpose. I wanna live for you, God. Maybe that's your prayer today. Thank you so much, God for the word of your truth, that it is spoken firmly to us and is spoken in love. And so, Father, with this in mind, we lift our hearts to you to thank you for always caring for us, always growing us, always navigating our hearts, our minds, our mouths, all, the, all that you're navigating. For this, God, we're thankful in the name that is above all names, in the name of Jesus.